Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from the Renault Winery in Southern New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Josh McCallan. Victor, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Great to have you here. You've been here before. We've talked a little bit about the Renault Winery, which is such a gorgeous, spectacular property, and I know you're expanding beyond that first property, but maybe for folks who haven't met you yet, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. So, Victor, I love that the Real Estate Espresso podcast is clearly about real estate, and what I love about our business in the hospitality world is we are founded our feet are on the ground, right? It's a large tracts of real estate is the foundation of our business. But the magic of making them make the investors money is by activating them and by creative ideas and then great management. So we're at Renault Winery Resort in New Jersey, right across the Pennsylvania border, very close to where you've done a lot of projects. And then we have something right outside of Annapolis, Maryland. And we do have large, beautiful resorts that are built on lifestyle experiences. Of course, we love corporate travel, but we're not built for corporate travel. We're built for the getaway. And so we put ourselves right next to major cities. Quick story on my backstory. I'm the guy with the 10 kids. Very unique, I know. I'm one of two. But my lovely wife and I uh, married 25 years. We came into hospitality through land development 12 years ago, meaning thinking we were building a building and then fell in love with operations of land of, of hospitality. And today we have over 300 investors in Accountable Equity, which is our, our private equity group, and they enjoy owning resorts. I think you would too. Absolutely. So the Renault Winery is a very storied property. If I remember correctly, Johnny Carson was the spokesperson for the, for the winery. And it's one of the only wineries outside the Champagne region of France that is actually still legally allowed to call their sparkling wine Champagne. So it's a property with a lot of history. I know there was a, an amazing story of how this l- property literally fell in your lap. But rather than focusing on that, let's talk a little bit more about what it's been like over the last 24 months. We've gone through a pandemic. You got shut down because of, uh, of everything that was happening with COVID-19. And now you've had to emerge from that. You were doing construction during that time period, expanding both the food and beverage and the hospitality. What was that like? with all of that uncertainty. Well, Victor, I um I'm so grateful you asked. We we did get shut down. It was 2020. It was March, and that was the first month where we had completed our turnaround restoration project. It took us 18 months. And so, even though we were open, we were open very modestly. Remember this property is 120,000 square feet. And by the way, this is a good case study of what we do. So, you know, when I first met you, we always told you you and so many of the other great people you and I know, we're building this one as a franchise prototype. Everybody gets to see how we do it. So when we went through COVID, a couple other wonderful things uh, became possible as pivots. One, the terrible thing of of having to reduce our staff and go down to a skeleton crew. But it did prove to me, and of course I had a theory before the COVID that weddings were resilient and weddings were an anchor business to this, uh, that we, we kind of overlaid weddings at this winery resort golf course. And we said, let's go weddings and be the known as one of the best operators of weddings. So during the COVID, we were actually allowed to keep selling weddings. We just weren't allowed to feed you or have you have a party. So we had a very skeleton crew, but we kept our sales team we kept our marketing going. And so to my surprise, New Yorkers and Philadelphians kept internet searching for weddings and they kept calling us. And during the pandemic, believe it or not, which 
partially was closed, locked in, most of the building was closed from March through, really there were no weddings allowed to happen until the end of 2020. We sold 400 weddings and that then put massive millions of dollars of contracts on the books and millions of dollars of advanced deposits on the books. And we felt we were almost validated that we were right, that weddings not only are resilient, but they come the capital and the investment from the bride comes so early in the cycle, meaning 18 months before the event, it adds a whole nother layer of security, capital security to the projects. And we've allowed that to continue to influence our business. And then the last thing I know you love is we pivoted to outdoor dining, which was legal. So we weren't allowed to bring you inside, but we could keep you outside, but it's cold in the Northeast. And so we did an outdoor winter village. We even hired a wonderful ice skating rink company. And we built a paradigm where we said, if we're a winery resort based on agriculture and the historic life of being close to the earth, what if our winters were an homage to winemaking? So we we called our ice rink the Vintner Wonderland, which of course most people thought we were mispronouncing wine, uh, wedding, winter, but we were actually saying this is when the magic of fermentation happens is in the cold months, right? We've already harvested. So we created this organic story that, you know, now we're four seasons. It goes from a three month vintner season to a bloom and bud season, which we're in now and into a, a summer fun, we call it, and then harvest. I love that. One of the things that COVID has taught all of us is the need to be resilient and resourceful and develop new business models when maybe the traditional plan A wasn't going to work. You needed to do something else. And I just love the way that you've approached this with really an open mind and said, okay, what else can we do for which the market is really going to be engaged by? And you've animated the property so many different ways. Uh, and, and, and just brought that engagement in the traffic. Now, it had to have been stressful, even though you brought in so many hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of dollars in deposits, not knowing how many of these were going to get canceled, how many were going to get rescheduled. Yeah, the contract might say these deposits are non-refundable, but are you really going to keep the money and all of that? What was that like? Well, we, we, um, we, we, had a, a heart, we have a heart for hospitality, but we are uh, proper business owners and we do steward other people's money. So the investors, this is one of my wife's favorite part, and you know Melanie well. She loves that when we build these projects, it's with investors, normal families that can invest $50,000 or what. Well, we're not going to lose anybody's $50,000. So truthfully, we do run the businesses by the contract. And when a bride did call us, of course, they were in such a terrible situation because they were not asking to have their wedding moved. The COVID was. So we were absolutely as hospitable as we could. We moved people. We get, we stopped selling for a period of time. We took a month, contacted every bride into the future of that year, 2020, and offered them any alternative in 21. They could take the best Saturday, the best Sunday, the best Friday. And then we shut that down, all the changes, and then we opened the sales back up. But we refunded no one. And there were only a few out of hundreds and hundreds of brides that had contracted. And by the way, when I say hundreds and hundreds, people say, what, there's only 365 days in the year. There's only 50 Saturdays, 52 Saturdays. We have multiple venues and we do it in such an interesting way. In vineyard gardens, we'll have a big, beautiful seasonal tent. Inside the production facility where the barrels and the vats are, we'll do a venue. So we can do five venues at the same time. So it's unique. It's very special. But we actually were pretty strict about not refunding and, again, we remained hospitable, and I think everyone understood that we, we did not feel we had the, uh, uh, the ability to just throw people's money back. We kept it, and we kept serving them. 
That makes a lot of sense. I mean, at the end of the day, you're running a business. It's got to be a profitable business. You're stewards of your investors' money, and you you have a, a responsibility to them. I mean, and at the end of the day, we, we, we know how stressful it was for everyone. We can all put ourselves back in that spot no matter what we were doing. And if you were a bride, it's even more stressful. And there was a kind of a cool little nuance that happened that year. The government in New Jersey, which was relatively strict uh, for the American states, they did allow us to do like 30 person events. So there was a period of time where we would allow the bride or we would encourage the bride if she wanted to keep her date now, she could, even though she wanted 150, we'd do a 30 person event for her. So she got her date and then she would, we'd allow her to have the credit to do the other things whenever she wanted. So for some people, we ended up doing two weddings for some people. Back to that being creative and resourceful and adapting to the reality, the situation on the ground. I love that. So you're, you've taken Renault Winery as prototype number one. Now you're in Kent Island, just outside Annapolis, Maryland. I know that's a complex project with lots of coastline and, yes. and all of these different regulatory requirements that come just by being that close to the water. How's that going? Uh, well, one of our models is we're grateful if we find a property that has large tracts of land. Even though the building may only have 50 rooms, which is a bit small, we'd like to have a 100-room hotel. If the tract of land is 200 acres with waterfront, we're, we find that very appealing. And what we do is we design, a, a I call it a three-step business plan. Step one is we will activate the buildings we own within our rights, within our buildable rights. We will fix them up. No real land development planning needed to accomplish business plan one. Business plan one is what we promise the yield on. So if an investor says they want to come in and they see a pro forma, it's called business plan one. Business plan two is let's expand the rooms, not in the pro forma, it's upside. Business plan three is let's sell a neighborhood, let's sell an estate house nearby, or let's activate a new concept. None of that's in the pro forma. And we've been pretty disciplined about that. We're, we always call those as major wins if we get them. And the reason we don't include those in the business plan is because we haven't gotten the entitlement yet. So there's no reason to promise what you cannot do. However, we are very honest. We are planning on doing it. We are trying, but we'll see how good it goes. Uh, waterfront is a challenge, and uh, one of the, this is a secret. Everyone who's listening, if you've ever wanted to buy a project of any kind, I encourage you to, to take a page from our book and buy an old building that has entitlement rights that you could never get again. And I've been successful at that now. Whenever I did three beach resorts that were never allowed to be built again, but because they were there, we were allowed to restore them. Same thing we did in Maryland. So we've done it four times along the water. One time is a vineyard that, that had a, a lot of freedom, actually. But uh, the waterfront ones, I would encourage you guys to think of that as a strategic advantage. I love that. Well, Josh, this has been great to connect with you again. If the listeners at home, if they want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? As you and I know, um, we put our mission in our name, just like a Cafe Real Estate Espresso podcast. Our name is Accountable Equity, two English words, accountableequityspelledout.com. And uh, we have a lot of free books there, education on why resorts are a powerful strategy for portfolios. And of course, I don't have to tell you this, they're fun, <laughs> but uh, that's a great place to meet us. Fabulous. Well, Josh, great to catch up again. For the listeners at home, definitely connect with Josh at accountableequity.com. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. 